Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together tonight. Uh, thank you for letting me the, uh, just have a chance to uh, share my burdens. And uh, they're light afflictions for sure. And I am thankful. I really am thankful for just your provision and your grace and mercy. Uh, Lord, a lot of good things to thank you for uh, right now in our church family and church body. And uh, Lord, there's always, always grievous things as well. But uh, we just come to you tonight and uh, rejoicing that you are large and in charge. You're on the throne. Uh, Lord, you're truly above all. And uh, you're all in all. And you're, and you're awesome in, in the true sense of the word. Uh, we, we just, uh, there's not enough words to adequately, adequately even describe you. Uh, and you're so far ahead above us. Yet, you come to us in the volume of a book. It's written of you. And, and you want us to know you. And not only know you, you change us to be like you. And it's amazing, the grace that you've given us. We praise you tonight. We thank you for the grace that's displayed uh, through the Apostle Paul as he's in a very difficult situation. And as we look at that and refresh our minds on these things, Lord, help encourage us in our pure minds, Lord, to just uh, love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbors as ourself, and uh, just be good examples of the believers in word and deed. We love you, we thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've talked about uh, building people who build churches and individual responsibility. Uh, the importance of last words uh, is what we were is, is kind of the introductory thoughts. These are last the last words of Paul. Uh, I mentioned his two imprisonments, his trip to Spain, his arrest, and I filled out the little chart with you all about his first and second imprisonments and the two different the differences. And then, um, uh, so now we're just kind of flying over Second Timothy, and and uh, I'm giving you these finals, these final things that have been discussed by Paul. And so, uh, the first one for the outline, if you didn't get it from previous weeks, is, is final identification. Uh, in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to my dearly beloved Son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he gives that final identification. He identifies himself formally in verse 1. And... Um, uh, and then he uh, talks about the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, uh, which is the tenor of his whole message in the whole epistle. And then point B, Paul identified with Timothy very personally um, in this epistle as his son, his dearly beloved son. Uh, and then point C, I showed seven ways Paul identifies himself in the first chapter as an apostle, a father, a faithful servant, a prisoner, a preacher, a teacher, and a sufferer. And then uh, we talked, the last time we got together, that was first week. Second week, we talked about final instruction uh, in Roman numeral 2, the attributes of Paul's <coughs> excuse me, instruction to Timothy, found in 2 Timothy. His instruction is understandable, it's applicable, it's repeatable and teachable, and it's memorable. And uh, I need to remember this outline for myself. I really do. Uh, point 5, his instruction is measurable and it's transformational. Um, man, that's that's gold. I, I just I just Second Timothy chapter one. Next time I need an outline to teach somewhere, with Jeff, I need to remember this that little outline there. That's good stuff. And so uh, point B, instruct the instruction was very fruitful, as Paul helps his son in the Lord with uh, his identity because he was a fruitful follower. Right. That's really what we're looking for. I was just praying with the pastors there a minute ago, and you know what we really pray that God does uh, in our lives in our church is is not just faithful, but we want to see fruitful. I mean, it goes hand in hand, right? Faithful and fruitful 
often go hand in hand. But he's a son, he's a steward, he's a soldier, he's an athlete, he's a farmer, a teacher, a student, and a vessel of honor, and a servant. I think I left all that in your notes, didn't I? Yeah. So, you know, he has that, he's, he's fruitful in, in these nine identities that bear fruit. And so he's not monolithic in fruitfulness. He's he's fruitful in fruitfulness. It's like nine times nine. So, uh, and so it's pretty cool. And so that's um, um, so that's really what we talked about. When we left off there. So now, finally, we're to the final warning. Okay, now we're getting now we're getting serious. Second Timothy chapter three. So again, we're flying over this and, and hitting some things, um, and 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 so we we've heard from Paul as a preacher, <coughs> who reminds us of our identity as a son in Second Timothy one, as a master professor who sets a pattern for us to follow in Second Timothy two, and now we go over to chapter three, and we see him as a prophet who warns us of the perils of the last days. So you might guess point A is the perils of the last days. Imagine that, thirteen verses to cover. Let's go ahead and read that. Uh, we've already prayed this this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce, truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good I think I was describing someone like that this morning, and it was me. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, uh, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What should we do? Well, from such, turn away. When these folks are in charge, you should... Uh, this is an, the opposite of what we talked this, this morning, right? This morning we talked about walking in wisdom toward those that are without. We're talking about lost people. When someone's pretending to be... Um, um, godly and they're not that is a time to turn and walk get away get away from them for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lusts boy that that means more now than it did uh, when I first started in the ministry ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth now as Janus uh, and Jambers withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith uh, of course, we saw that in our study in Exodus. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, uh, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. <coughs> You know, I might not have a cough if I didn't drink water from bottles that had already been opened. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, uh, deceiving and being deceived. All right, it's all—it's my bottle, I'm pretty sure. I really wouldn't drink it. So there's these perils of the last days. You know, it's perilous times. I think we got, we can see that. I mean, I mean, there's a sense in which Paul is talking about the last 2,000 years for sure. Uh, but there's also a sense in which we can clearly see that, I mean, especially when I look at the, the creeping into to houses, that's been exceedingly uh, made possible today by technology, right? And, and so uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of wickedness that is going on. So the first 13 verses, of course, as I keep pointing out, almost in every time I preach about this number, is a number of rebellion. And uh, it's given... Um, uh, and it's given out, outlining the attributes of the out, attributes of the perilous times that come in the last days. You got thirteen verses 
outlining a time of uh, you know perilous and difficult times for the church. That would mean that we need to pay close attention to this because the Holy Ghost has delivered us a letter from the first century for such a time as this. And the dialogue opens with the attributes of men loving themselves in verse 2 and closes with evil men and seducers uh, uh, waxing worse and worse. Right, And so... Uh, this morning, you remember I mentioned that loving ourselves, that's one of the things I talked about, you know, worshiping in the pantheon of gods in, the, in our culture, it's us. I mean, one of the biggest gods people worship is ourself. And, uh, and everything is designed, um, especially from if you were born after 1970, uh, for you to be marketed to so that you can lavish yourself with stuff. And, uh, and, and now it's just on gas. Uh, and so we, we do not have to be, you know, a rocket scientist to see the accuracy of the statements as men literally are loving themselves in ways that are abominable to God in these last days. And so the attributes that he mentions are numerous. Did I give those to you guys in the list here um, under point A? I must have stripped it down. I get this is a long list, so I'm gonna I'll go slow, and you don't have to write them down. But if you do, I'll try to go slow enough you can grab them. <clears throat> Here's some attributes that, that that Paul mentions. These are not the things I'm making up. These are things you can just pull out of the text. And if you don't get them, you know I can email them to you. But the self, you know, lovers of self or self lovers. Uh, he mentions money lovers. So there's self lovers. There's money lovers. There's boasters. There's there's those that are proud, blasphemers. Uh, uh, there's disobedience, uh, disobedient to parents, people that are disobedient to parents, um, unthankful. And again, you can find these yourself. They're laying right on the page. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, uh, false accusers, uh, incontinent, which I know I'm moving too fast. Uh, no, that means no self-control. Uh, and we're not just talking about you know physically being incontinent. You know, uh, we're talking about other issues. Fierce, uh, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a religion without a relationship. Which he doesn't say that, but he's talking about uh, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Uh, having information without transformation, right? That might be another way that we say it. People that are puffed up by their fleshy minds. And so, um, and so, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? So those are, they have information without transformation. Ever met, meet people like that? I, I fear, you know, we can have a lot of that in our culture here at Heartland because we're just cranking out the corn systematically, Treading it out, which we should be doing. But that's good as long as we apply it. But to whom much is given, much is required. So we really have to be serious about doing the mission of God, not just, just learning about the mission of God. right? So there's a balance to that. Uh, seducers, he says, deceiving and being deceived. And so, um, you know, those are all, those are the attributes I came up with. So U, V, W, X, Y, Z. So I think I'm at... Uh, like 24 of them, if I'm counting right. So um, that's that's just off the top of the page there. So you can find all those right there in the text that I just read in those 13 verses. So <clears throat> those are a lot of attributes that he packs in there. And so 
Um, that pretty much fits any of us anywhere or anybody anytime. But God does not leave the man of God without hope in life in Christ, right? So that's not who we are. Uh, we're somebody else. That's what our flesh is like without Jesus. Like I said, I can identify with what I was saying about um, despising those that are good, right? Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, blasphemers. Where's that verse at? Uh, yeah, uh, d- despisers, verse 3, of those that are good. That's what it's like when you have a hard heart, right? You despise good people um, because they convict you. So point point B here, the pers- the, there's a prescription for the last days. Wouldn't you know? Aren't you glad to know that? And it's a vaccine by Pfizer. No, I'm just kidding. So 2 Timothy 3.14, it says this. And we're almost done with the chapter. How about that? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So there's hope. Hallelujah to you. And so that's the prescription for the last days right there. And it just so happens to be what we quote around here all the time, right? That's, that's the, we've got the prescription. We've got the pill, right? So, you know, when Morpheus gives us an option, we choose verses 14 through 17 and reject 1 through 13. And so, uh, and, and we take the right pill and our eyes are open to the truth. So, what's that? Yeah, this is the red pill. Okay, thank you. Uh, did I give a color? Did I give a color? No. No, good, because you could tell I didn't know it. I was wondering, which, which was it the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> so you're a Matrix person. So, All right, so... Um, so conti- uh, continue here at point one. If uh, I think I left that in your notes, can, can, whoa! So the prescription is to continue uh, good teaching in the thing which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. In verse fourteen, so Timothy, um, it's not you going crazy. It really is the world around you. So he has to stay focused, right? Like if you ever saw David Carradine and you know Kung Fu, the guy would always say, "Focus, grasshopper!" Right? Stay focused, grasshopper. So you have to stay focused, grasshopper, on the things that, that you've learned and been assured of from God's holy word. Uh, otherwise, uh, man, you you think you're the crazy person. Anybody ever had that struggle with that? You think, am I going crazy, or is it everything? You know, so uh, uh, you know, and and again, today it's going with AI guys. It's going to get increasingly crazier because you're not going to. It will be increasingly hard to discern what's real and what is not. Which they they actually realize that. That's why people are, uh, you know, people in the know are actually very concerned about the, what this can do to people and to the minds of man right now. Yes, ma'am. I did see that. My daughter. Yeah, my daughter sent that to me. Yeah. That is incredibly crazy. So just for you guys, for the benefit of those listening and those online, <coughs> yeah, there was a, uh, just this happened um, recently. A, a mother had a call and they had synthesized her daughter's voice um, and and with AI. And so they were running a kidnap scenario. And her daughter's crying out, Mom, you know, do what you can, and all this stuff. Completely, completely bogus. 
but she could not discern her daughter's own voice. And if, if it wasn't for her daughter, like, coming out of her bedroom and go, Mom, what are you talking about? And her daughter standing right there, she would have been completely, you know, the guy's like, I need, 50, I need whatever it was, a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. Half a million dollars. I don't have half a million. Fifty thousand dollars, you know. And he's trying to get extort money out of this mother. She really believes her daughter's been taken captive because of the sophistication of the AI. I, I listened to the recordings myself. I heard it. And, yeah, you wouldn't know. I mean, there's no way to know. And that's the point. And so, uh, and, and that is not just audibly. The AI is actually going to be able to do that with visual. Yeah. Yeah, so you really won't really know. And that will just throw people into not knowing what's true in error, which puts us in a great position because we have the truth. We have the truth. So, and that's why we've got to hold fast to the faithful word, by the way, uh, because there's some unfaithful words out there too. All right. Amen. That's right. Discern the Spirit. Yeah, a lot of these verses that we kind of know, they're going to have new meaning in the days ahead. Yeah, they're going to get pregnant with meaning. It's like creeping into women's houses. You know, when I was young in the Lord, and for many for a decade or more of my life, that meant like what they did in Bhutan. They'd literally creep into women's houses. Well, now you don't need to do that. You can creep in with a internet line. So things are completely different. Then, you know, things change. And God's way ahead of it. He's way out in front of all that stuff. So... Yeah, it's it's interesting. All right, so what do we do? We continue in good teaching. We continue in good teaching, number one. Number two, we continue in good fellowship, right? That's also found in verse 14. Uh, continue down the things thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. So we need good teaching, we need good fellowship, uh, and we need good doctrine, right? And, and from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So there's good doctrine there. And we need to continue in a good translation in verses 16 and 17. So all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and, instru- that correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So... Uh, we need we need to have a good translation, a good Bible in our hands if we're going to have good uh, teaching, good fellowship, good doctrine. Um, you know, the scripture that we have been given is what God has given us. All right, so point C, uh, the power over the perils of the last days is found in verse 16 as, uh, as the scripture is given by inspiration of God. Right, uh, so God spoke it, and it's profitable. Right, there's there's profit in it, uh, and it's powerful because it's going to give us the ability to be reproved, corrected, and instructed in righteousness, uh, that we can be truly furnished, completely furnished unto all good works. So, power over the perils of the last days, doctrine, knowing what's true. Well, ironically, we were just talking about knowing good from evil. Reproof, knowing what's false, right? So there's knowing what's true, that's doctrine. There's reproof, which is number two, knowing what is false, so we know what needs to be corrected. Um, and so it's just as important to know what's false as it is to know what is true. Three is correction, actually correcting that which is wrong. And fourth is instruction, which is the how to do what is right. Those four things will take care of you. There's the power over the perils. Doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. Uh, doctrine is knowing what's true. Reproof is knowing what is false so that we, uh, so we know what needs to be corrected. Uh, correction is actually correcting what's wrong. And instruction is how to do that which is right. 
And then point D is the promise to the man of God, 2 Timothy 3.17, uh, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly, not thoroughly, throughly furnished unto all good works. And so uh, the promise of man, uh, or to man, uh, to the man of God, and that would include a woman, is found there. He is perfect, he's complete, and he is thoroughly furnished, uh, filled on the inside, complete in Christ, filled on the inside with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the mind of the Spirit. He's furnished unto all good works, doing what God called him to do, because he is who God saved him to be. So the application here is, despite the darkness of the last days, the light of God's Word continues to shine in, the, in light of the return of Christ, so we continue to make disciples, just as we're commanded to in Matthew 28, 19-20. So, it doesn't really matter what happens. You know, if we all have to start speaking Chinese, we learn Mandarin, and then we go forward in faith and do the church in our houses and whatever we got to do. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and finish this up because I think we can. In Second Timothy, chapter four. Yeah, it is pretty long, isn't it? I'll just I'll hold up there. It really isn't that long on my page, but I'll do chapter four and prepare for chapter for my next one. That way, uh, we'll just stop right there. So we'll stop there. Man, we knocked out a chapter tonight. Hallelujah to you. Praise the Lord. Um, kind of a flyover. This is my flyover messages on the, the book of First Timothy, um, in, or Second Timothy, I should say rather. Any questions or comments? Man, I tell you, I'm looking forward to, to. I get as much. I get a lot out of this going and teaching it, guys. So I hope you enjoy it. But I, I need it myself. I'm always amazed how congruent it is with what we talk about on Sunday uh, mornings. It's. I really am not sophisticated enough to make it all happen like that. So God is good. Something I had mentioned to you several weeks ago about the, the favorite sin. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I learned quite a long time ago. Pray until you love God more than your favorite sin. Mm. And then when you conquer that sin, we'll go to the second favorite. Yeah, because there's one coming. Don't you think China will take over Africa before they come from America? How do you know they haven't taken over America now? <laughs> yeah. How would that look? Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I don't want to be into geopolitics, but uh, there is a lot of influence. There has been. It's not just with the current administration. There has been an unhealthy influence for many uh, Republican and Democrat. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a party thing. Uh, so if you... Um, not to get political, but but Marxism is an antichrist philosophy. I mean, it's based in that. I mean, it, it is a humanistic um, philosophy, and it's and it and it brings death. Those that hey God love death, and every you know you can look at Stalin, you can look at Mao, you can look at Pol Pot. Um, you got any others I've forgotten? There's several. Uh, others, I mean, whoever was, you know, you had the Khmer Rouge and, and then you had Vietnam, also Ho Chi Minh, which is actually probably more principled Marxist than most others, to be honest with you, than, than like Pol Pot. And, uh, and so my point is, is that, that, that uh, it's demonic. It's a spiritual thing, uh, along with globalism. 
um, and global governance. Um, and it's not that, you know, globalism economically, I got into a Twitter debate one day with a bunch of people and and they thought I was just some rube, um, you know. And so I, I, I was specific. I, and, and, and some of these, whoever these people were, these robots or whoever I was talking to, uh, agreed with me, and they said, well, he does have a point, which I'm not talking about economic uh, globalism. Obviously, global economy, Song of Solomon, I mean, global economy is is always a wise thing. In any nation, the United States from our inception has had an interest in trade and international trade. Every nation does. Any vibrant nation has international trade policies. Um, But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about globalism in their sense of trade policies. I'm talking about global governance. And that's a whole other issue. Um, and so the people—that's not a—that's not a Republican form of government or a Democratic form of government at this time. It's kind of an elitist, um, delegated system um, in passing legislation by fiat. You know that is controlling. If if allowed, would control every aspect of our society, and that's been on the agenda now for decades. Um, and it just slowly continues to creep in. And that sounds like conspiracy theory, but it's not. I mean, it is a reality. I can send you to websites and you can read it yourself. It's not, there's a total agenda to, to play God and control the environment um, and the people like cattle, right? And so I think all that's heading toward where the Antichrist will be going. And, uh, uh, you know, with the, who knows? I mean, with a strange twist of events he may be the deliverer so everybody's free from that you know and uh, and uh, of course that will obviously not work uh so either way you go it's uh it's a very it's a very uh you know uh liberty that we've enjoyed in this nation is fragile and it's based in the gospel of the lord jesus christ um it's based in freedom of 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 believing the bible ultimately that's why guys like uh, uh um Jonathan Edwards had the they had to work through congregationalism and work out salvation by works and membership in churches and figuring out that salvation truly is by grace through faith and Jesus blood's finish in Jesus finished work alone and that <clears throat> as common as that is to us was revolutionary thought I mean people really believed in being members of the church at least made you safe if it didn't save you you know up until 1600s, 1700s. I mean, that was that was common, uh, and so it's people like us that actually said, "Well, read the Bible that God used to help liberate the mind and the souls of people." And we've long since forgotten the power. I think, if anything, that the church doesn't realize how powerful we are. We're like Moses, like wondering, like, "Oh man, what? They're never going to receive what I say." Blah, blah. Well, really, you, you don't. It isn't what we say; it's what God says, and it's powerful. It sets people free, man. It makes people free, too. Anyway, uh, so, you know, yeah, China doesn't like that. They don't like it in their territory, and they don't like it in our territory, so they'll do whatever they can to, to kind of hinder that at any, any cost. And, and we'll let them do it if we're, not, if we're foolish enough to do it. We'll give it up. Yes, sir. Like in the, the First Amendment, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion, and then it seems like the, their voices trail off nor denying the free exercise thereof. Yeah, the free exercise, right. Amen. And those guys knew what they were running from, which was tyranny. Yeah. And uh, and uh, some of our people, my son tells me most of the kids in his generation have no concept of 
they just like you know like I said this morning they really believe the government will take care of them yeah. have an undue faith in the government yes Ron sorry I missed your uh, hand there but, um, but, you know of course all of the environmental junk is creeping in uh, I, I heard a it was creepy I heard an ad the other day on the radio for earthjustice.org it's like, anyway, but what I was really going to say is this, getting out of Egypt series, it blew my mind, because I had never really thought of all the plagues, God, I mean, I've, I've read the scriptures that said he was going to smite Egypt's God, but for some reason, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and say, hey, this is real. And all these environmental guys are going to get whacked down because all these plagues are going to hit their gods. Right. If you if you fast forward the tape to the coming Daniel seventieth week, you will see a very a lot of parallels. Yep. You know, I don't dive too deep in that on Sunday morning, but there's certainly a parallel. Um, I mean, Moses himself being one of the two witnesses. Mm-hmm. Them arrest their. Re- I mean, the whole premise of Revelation is resting the planet from the rightful proprietor, which is God, and claiming that He is God. You know, I mean, so there's so many parallels between Pharaoh and Antichrist, and even the plagues. Uh, there's similarities. They're not exactly you know one to one, but it is fascinating um, to see that. And so I, I tell you, yeah, there's a lot. The Word of God is 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 just amazing. Praise God. The ten plagues, like these ten commandments, too. That could, yeah. That got me. Ten plagues, ten commandments. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want the ten plagues or do you want the. <laughs> I'll take the ten commandments. Uh, and praise God, Jesus kept them for us, so it's even better. I'll take the one true God. <laughs> so. I got uh, in a discussion with a woman, uh, and she said, Why? She's like. Paul is so legalistic. Why is he wanting us to obey the Ten Commandments? I'm like, she was pretty adamant that she was right and I was wrong, so I didn't argue. That wasn't the place. But, ooh, man, Paul, a legalist. That's a new one. I hadn't heard that. No, I'd say Paul is the antithesis of a legalist. I think all things are lawful, but all things are expedient. Not all things are expedient. Pretty much takes care of that. <laughs> so, so uh, we have. Let's start with before we get into the the prayer needs because there are many. Let's do some praises because uh, Jeff's a great grandpa. So, what's the baby's name? I forgot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> huh? Bellamy. Thank you. That isn't just like on the top of your mind. That is a unique name, Bellamy. So, so, uh, so Kaylee, that wasn't an easy delivery either. So, praise God, she had uh, by had her by C-section. So, the doctors made a call and so yeah, we need to thank you for reminding me to turn that on.